You're listening to the Storyteller Series from The Salvation Army. For more information or to share your questions and comments, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. The Book of Luke, Chapter 8 After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, Consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? 
He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know the power has gone out of me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he didn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She isn't dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. 
but he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Oh my gosh, you did that. And we're back. <laughs> so in chapter 8, there's so many chunks that are really familiar to me. But one of the things that's really worth discussing about he's like in the middle of ministry and his family shows up and they like try to get in to see him, but they can't because there's too many people because it's like packed out crowd. And somebody legit says to him, hey, like your mom's here. And he, he like doesn't say, oh, whisk her in. Like we have VIP seating up front for her. I think that's worth talking about. So what does he say, right? They're like, your mother and brothers are standing outside. They're wanting to see you. So it's not just like, you know, they weren't trying to get in. They actually did want to see him. But, I mean, his focus was taken up with something else. Mm -hmm. So he responds, my mother and brother, they're those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Uh, And, you know, it doesn't quite give us a lot more there, but he seems to move on. Because I I think he was at, it's a time for everything. And at that moment when they came, the crowd the crowd is there and he's teaching them, just telling them so many things about life and trying to teach them. But the mother and brothers, they probably wanted something, well, maybe the plumbing needs to be fixed, something. They may have needed something just normal, something common. But it wasn't the time for that. It was time for, he, like he said, it was time to be about the father's business. So there's not, I don't know, like you said about the brothers, I don't know their relationship. I know there's one of the brothers, James, that was one of his brothers, but we don't know a lot about the other brothers. We don't know what their relationship was. I, I mean, I think that maybe, you know, when he was done teaching what he did, why wouldn't he have then had that time? And they might have had a great time together. And he sat down and, you know, had some bread and some fish together and hung yeah. out and told some stories. It is a good example of Jesus setting a boundary. Mm. So maybe that's something like, especially people, those of us who are involved in ministry or even not really, like even just in relationships, um, he didn't drop everything to be like, what do y'all need? But he like set a boundary, right? So I also, I think that's really worth looking at because boundaries can be healthy. Um, Because like you were saying, Glenda, like he was in the zone, he was in a moment um, and at that moment was worth coming to completion um, and then moving on to maybe what their needs were. But also um, what it says to me, especially being somebody who left family to pursue ministry, um, sometimes it is hard to set those boundaries Mm -hmm. because your family feels like you're saying no to them, like you're leaving and you're going away. And um, it's this place of it's it's a it's a deficit or it's a negative. Um, But Jesus is like, it's not like they're just my family. They're not like my favorites. In fact, um, this family has expanded to include those who are doing the will of the Father, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone has access to me. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets full access. And I'm not going to give special consideration to the people that are my blood kin, which is such a big deal for me because I have like all my family back home who I love and I care for. But coming here to the Southern Territory, God has just expanded my family and added those people to it. And they deserve just as much of me um, as the people back home, because I'm not saying no to those people. I'm saying yes to more people. It also shows the true and full picture of adoption into the family of God. Oh, there so is good. no one sibling who is more important than the other. Thanks for listening. 
If you're enjoying this show, please share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the Storyteller series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast store. For more information, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.